Welcome to Black Earth Podcast. Black Earth is an interview podcast that's celebrating nature and the incredible black women in the environmental movement. I'm your host, Marion Atieno Osieyo. In this episode, I'm joined by my teammate, Anesu, as we celebrate the closing of season one. We're also joined by a few members from our listener community who share their thoughts and reflections on season one and the Black Earth podcast. So our first reflection is from Amber from Texas. Thank you so much, Amber, for tuning in. So let's hear what Amber had to say. Hello, my name is Amber from Texas. I came across this podcast a couple, maybe about a month ago, if that, and it has been life-changing for me. It's included in my daily walks, even episodes that I've listened to before. I go back and replay them just as a reminder where I need to stay focused mentally and with what I'm trying to do in the world. The podcast has been very instrumental in helping me develop a plan on how I can implement different ideas here in my city. We see you, Amber. Thanks for the engagement. We mm. were vibing with you. But that was so, like, moving mm. just to to know that, um, yeah, just to know that, like, our podcast is accompanying someone in their own journey um, mm. and definitely listening to it on uh, their daily walks. Well done, Amber. Being in nature, that's <laughs> what it's about. <laughs> but wow, I'm really touched. That was exactly really, what really I like really resonated with, um, with them saying that they listen to the podcast on their walks because that's exactly when I listen to them. And um, that like reoccurring question we have at the start of like, how would you describe your relationship with nature? Um, I think it's just amazing that, like, I wonder what thoughts Amber experiences when that question comes up and if she reflects on it as well through her walk. Um, There's such a lovely little recording, and I'm so glad that, like, thank you for engaging. <laughs> and I feel this is, this is what, uh, I think one of the ways in which I have been able to process, like, climate grief is through finding community and finding spaces of belonging. And so if this podcast can be a space where someone feels community or a sense of belonging, even if it's just through like our voices and this conversation, that makes me like feel uh, so fulfilled um, because I know just how lonely this journey can be. And I know how much how overwhelming it can be when you're thinking about all the things happening in the world, uh, especially with climate change um, and nature loss. So, yeah, I'm just uh, so grateful that this space can be a place where someone finds that connection uh, and community with other people. Um, so thank you, Amber. And yeah, just really grateful. Yeah. I also think it's so incredible, like, um, Amber's in the States. And I remember when we first released the podcast and we were keeping track of where all our listeners were and it was very UK based. And now we look at it and it's just, there's people everywhere. And I think it's so like empowering and lovely and almost, it makes it feel like we're a collective. Um, and it just makes me really hopeful hearing, um, 
like Amber's comments um, and just thinking like there's so many of us everywhere doing our bit um, that yeah like obviously change is going to happen how couldn't it <laughs> when we're all working on it together uh, yeah that was lovely Okay, so should we listen to the next one? Yeah, I think so. Thanks, Amber. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the next person is uh, Samaya, Samia. I'm so sorry if I've mispronounced your name. Um, But yeah, let's listen to uh, Samaya, Samia. So I really liked the episode about climate justice and reparations. Um, it was definitely one of my favorite episodes in the season. And yeah, it was just good to have or to listen to a nuanced discussion about reparations, like what is exactly reparations? Because unfortunately in mainstream spaces, um, the term can be quite surface level and superficial. So people really don't know how to navigate that question or that topic. And Esther nicely broke it down to make it like understandable, accessible. And yeah, she just did a really amazing job of just like detailing what reparations could look like and what are the next steps. I hope that makes sense. I think exactly like Sammy, I was saying is that it is, not a narrative you hear all the time in mainstream media. And it's one that I think has been become very divisive. Um, so I think that that episode as well, uh, for a lot of people, was like really informative and refreshing and resonated with a lot of people. I think as well, so I really re-listened to all the episodes for this um, podcast episode. And it was a theme that came up a lot. And I think it made me realize how interconnected all our separate episodes are and how like no piece of work is in isolation and sort of when we spoke to Marjan and like small islands um, and the call for reparations there and even speaking to like Jennifer about eco-anxiety she was mentioning how she went to COP and the emotions that came up with that around loss and damage and how that feeds into eco-anxiety um, and so yeah thank you so much Samia for that because I think your comments resonate with a lot of people who are listening to it and I think yeah thank you Esther and sort of it goes to the biggest scheme of everyone who's contributed to the podcast and how interlinked it all is. Um, that was a bit of a ramble, sorry, but yeah. No, it's never a ramble. It's a stream of consciousness, which is very important. <laughs> um, yeah, I think one thing I love about our conversation with Esther, like she is so esteemed, like she really knows her stuff. Um, and we met at a community event and you know, being able to meet someone in a, in a place that is, it was very communal, very, um, very accessible event, you know, it was for everyone and to be able to then create space to have like a really in-depth and like, uh, yeah, like it was just such a thorough overview of like reparations, um, that for me was just a gift to be able to experience that, um, And I would also say that uh, I totally agree with you. I think the theme of reparations 
has come up quite a few times in our conversations with different guests in season one. And it's so central to the whole notion of like restoring our relationship with nature. We need to acknowledge the harms and we need to find ways to to repair, as Esther talked about, you know, to repair our relationships with each other and with nature. Um, and so I just, I really appreciated how much she showed the, the different dimensions or the different levels of reparations that there are, as uh, Samia said, that goes beyond just kind of like paying money back, which is of course important, but it's like there's so much more to reparations than that. Um, and another thing that I appreciated about the conversations about uh, reparations is that um, there's so many um, terms and ideas that come from black communities that then get co-opted in mainstream movements um, or just mainstream like public discourse and they just move so far away from kind of their central purpose. So I think of reparations as one of them. Uh, decolonizing, you know, that idea has just gone, I don't even know where it's at right now. <laughs> it's on someone's dressing table, I swear. <laughs> it's just gone. <laughs> it's lost so much meaning. Um, and another word also that actually uh, I feel quite, uh, touchy about is uh, the word woke because that was a term of endearment that black people used to each other within the black community you know really paying homage to someone who has done the work of raising their consciousness and really unlearning kind of systems of oppression that like prevent them from living a good life and then now to see how woke is used in public discourse it's like yeah there's just so much there are different types of ideas and terms that we use within the black community. Um, and it's important for us to spend time to really understand where they come from and their importance in, in helping us live a good life and live a life of dignity um, so that even if they get co-opted and they become other things and takes on new forms of meaning, we can still know where they came from and we can still know what they mean and why they matter. Um, so I really am grateful for Esther making space to, you know, share with us her, her research and practice and reparations because, you know, in the coming years, especially in the climate justice movement, reparations is going to be such a big um, topic, both in the policy space, um, internationally and nationally. So, for us to have something that we can refer to and say, actually, these are the dimensions of reparations that we need to take into account, um, I hope can inspire other people listening to really take that on board when they come across those discussions or they have to make decisions around um, reparations and other things like loss and damage. So, yeah. Yeah, that was so beautifully put, Mary, and thank you for that. It was really insightful. And I think you are so right in, um, I it's almost like people initially hear these words and they've almost become these buzz terms or jargon. But in reality, 
like the origin of where they come from and the meaning behind them is just so important and so powerful and like putting the time and effort into understanding the origins and there's not fuss being made about nothing um I think especially like the way Esther put it that at its simplest form reparations is about repair and I think that's a really good way to put it and you can apply that lens on so many different things and when she sort of broke down the different forms of reparations like you can take it sort of even like thinking back to our first episode with Rosamond and sort of like the advocacy work that's going on around air pollution and that like um seeking to repair um what's going on between people and planet and then you've also got Gladys who then is looking at like repairing what's gone on like with planetary health and gorillas and um I think it's then understandable understandable for people, this big concept. Um, and then you can sort of look further into the nuances of it. Um, so yeah, thanks for sharing that insight. <laughs> Hearing you speak now, Nessu, just reminding me of all the different people we've had on season one. <laughs> and we really <laughs> did the most on the topics as well. <laughs> Are there are there any um, topics or insights that were shared in season one, which uh, were profound for you, or kind of made you think of something new, or think about this work in a new way? It's so hard to pick one or two things because I think every single episode and every single guest we've had contributed something honestly like life-changing in a way for me like something as small as and I don't want to say small in order to be valued but like after the first episode so I cycle everywhere in Sheffield and I was just hyper aware of how close I was to other cars and how many fumes I was inhaling and that like small thing made me just so hyper aware and then I suppose especially like the eco-anxiety episode with Jennifer I think anxiety is something I faced for a long time and um she sort of I think in the beginning of the conversation she talked about the sort of symbiotic relationship we have with nature and how like when nature thrives she thrives and that's how you see it and I think she just really made all the emotions people feel around eco-anxiety valid and I think that was such an interesting perspective that um eco-anxiety is beyond and it's like I think she uses the phrase eco emotions because it's not always anxiety based um and there's loads of emotions that come with it and all of those are valid on what we're feeling I think that conversation really really stuck with me um and then even the episode with Leah I really loved how um Leah and Essay and how they talk about like the spirituality aspects of our connection with nature um and how we properly are a part of it and how like what our role is in defending it and making time for nature and connecting with nature. Um, I generally think I have grown a lot in the creation of this podcast and just hearing people's different insights and like reflecting on my own relationship with nature and also like what my role is within the movement um, and how I can contribute to that. But yeah, what about you? <laughs> what big takeaways have you taken? 
Can I just say you are already grown, Anesu? Uh, seeing you do black backflips on those rocks, in, uh, goodness. Um, Anesu's a climber, so she does. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't even know. You are already grown, basically. <laughs> this podcast just helped you realize that you were grown. Um, <laughs> helped you get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think the first episode of season one, um, the interview conversation with Rosamond, uh, yeah, for me, opened my eyes on how much air pollution uh, is is like is such a big issue. And um, similar to you, after I recorded that conversation with uh, Rosamond, I just became so aware of like all the different emitters of pollution, like cars, buses. It was just, it was a lot. <laughs> but um, I also feel that um, I had to think quite carefully how to hold space in that conversation because, you know, uh, Rosamond's journey uh, as a clean air, actually her journey as a clean air campaigner started after she was able to get justice for her daughter's death who died from air pollution um and uh as an interviewer I really wanted to create space to talk about um not just her daughter's death but also her daughter's life um in a way that was dignifying and compassionate for her uh in part because I feel that um, we're so exposed to black death uh, in in mainstream media. Uh, you know, you have recordings of you know people's bodies, and it's just so undignifying to to see black bodies in that way. Um, and I understand in in quite in many ex- um, examples. It's done because people need evidence of the injustice. Otherwise, they wouldn't, you know, be able to get the justice they need through the criminal justice system. So I understand why it's such an important part of documenting um, that. But it's just, um, yeah, I just often wonder how the fact that we're so exposed to seeing... uh, black bodies in such a way I just wonder what that does to our our consciousness on a subconscious level so I I really wanted in that interview to create space to also talk about um Ella Roberta's life and you know her relationship with her daughter Rosamond's relationship with her daughter um and center the conversation around that whilst also making space to to talk about the impact of her daughter's death and you know how you know, her journey to seeking justice and what her work is as a cleaner campaigner. So that was probably an interview that I will remember or a conversation I remember for a long time because uh, it was really challenging me to put my values into action in terms of how I want to affirm and remember um, Black people in this work.
I suppose going back to our episodes, you know, Marion, one question I'm going to flip on you is, I don't think anyone's ever asked you how you describe your relationship with nature. <laughs> well, <laughs> my relationship with nature is really, really good. Like, we have a great relationship. Um, it's not always been that way. Uh, I've had an experience of environmental injustice when I was really young and I became very disconnected from nature. I almost didn't see nature for a long time. Um, and it was through, um, I started running outdoors. And so obviously living in a city, uh, you know, I had to go to like parks and stuff to find just quieter and less busy routes to run. And so that's when I really started to be kind of more conscious and aware of nature. And um, and that really started my whole kind of journey into this work. And um, yeah, I love nature. Um, nature is wisdom. Nature is source. Nature is creator. Nature is genius. Nature is intelligence. Um, uh Nature is playful. Um, and one thing I've actually been doing recently, well, I would say the past two years, is uh, living in sync with seasons. So uh, I live in the UK, Northern Hemisphere. <laughs> and they're typically, typically, I would say, uh, has, you know, there've been four seasons of course, climate change is changing that, but uh, it's four seasons, uh, winter, um, spring, summer and autumn. And so as nature changes, I'm, I choose to have practices that are in sync with that season. And that has really um, made a huge difference to, to my life, to my well-being. Um, and, but also just paying attention to what you know, where I am and what's happening in my life um, and honouring what nature has to offer in that season. So, you know, when you think about winter, it can be, it can seemingly be so like barren and cold and grey and dry, <laughs> but that's actually uh, the season of like uh, germination and, you know, that's when everything is barren and things are being sown and that's the beginning of the birthing process. So I choose to kind of apply that to my life. Like what are the things I can sow now or what are the things that I need to clear out now so that I can make space to sow new things. Um, but also just the, the foods and yeah, nature has taught me so much. Nature is uh, probably my greatest teacher uh, in my life. Um, so I would say, yeah, I have a, I have a, I have a healthy relationship with nature. <laughs> How about you, Anessu? How would you describe your relationship with nature? Oh, that was so amazing, Marion. And oh, I can't remember who shared it, but a while ago there were these, I don't know if they were meant to be affirmations, but I used them as affirmations and it was like nine lessons to be learned from gardens. Um, I'll find it and we can put it in the show notes, but they were just nine really amazing lessons and it sort of echoed what you were saying about yeah, just lessons we can learn um, from nature and it being a teacher. But similarly to you, my relationship with nature, I think, started pretty late on in my life. Um, I grew up in 
Jakarta, which is like one of the biggest cities um, in the world. Yeah, um, just a lot of people, a lot of buildings. And it was an amazing experience. But just things like I didn't grow up going for walks. Um, I only learned to ride a bike during lockdown because my friends taught me. Um, and just loads of things. I never really spent time outdoors and within nature. Um, and having moved to Sheffield, I think that was the biggest shift in growing my relationship with nature um, and finding my purpose. Um, and I think being in nature, like immediately I saw its benefits and, um, almost being aware of like how much it gives to me and how much growth and peace and calm I get from it and questioning, like, how can I give back to nature in a way? Um, and like the more and more time I spent in nature, like Marion said, I'm a rock climber. Um, I I think I'm just hyper aware of not wanting my relationship with nature to be one-sided because I think I do benefit from it greatly. Um, and I don't think I would be who I am or where I am if it wasn't for it. Um, so I think I spend a lot of my time thinking like, what can I do to ensure that because it's helping me thrive, I can help it thrive. Um, and it is difficult my relationship with nature. I think, like Marion said, living in England, um, seasons are hard. Winter is definitely hard and the cold is hard. But again, um, using that as an opportunity to learn uh, from it. And also, it's a strange thing maybe, but I really love the colours of nature. Um, and I think, I'm just looking out my window now and there's just like moss and the greens and the yellows and sort of how even when I'm not in nature, aspects of nature can alter my experiences outside of nature just by it being it separately and in a nice away from where I am. So obviously spending time in nature is so powerful, but even maybe reading a book, like reading a book about somebody walking or going climbing and them describing their experiences in nature or listening to a song that reminds me of a walk I had in nature, it's just so powerful without it even being there so I think my relationship with nature is a good one and ever present and everywhere even if I'm not in it. Should we listen to one more? I think we have one more recording. Uh, and this time it's from Marjan, who was a guest on season one. And Marjan is a climate change scientist in the Bahamas. And uh, we had an amazing discussion about her work uh, researching and working on the impacts of severe weather, uh, like hurricanes and climate change is affecting that and we spoke about the social aspects of it so how uh severe weather um and issues such as uh racism or gender bias uh impact how different people are impacted by uh severe weather and what radical change looks like for 
the Caribbean, what climate justice means. It was an amazing conversation. And it got featured by Spotify US as one of their episodes of the week, which was amazing. And I really do encourage everyone to to listen to that episode and every episode actually in season one, because honestly, it was amazing. So let's listen to Marjan. Hi, guys, it's Marjan. I just wanted to say thank you so much for having me as a guest on the Black Earth podcast. Just wanted to add some context to say that this is such an incredible platform to have been a part of and to be considered a guest for this show. Thank you so much for thinking of me. I'm so happy to have been on it. Just to say that, like, speaking to Marion about climate justice, climate science, the social changes that we need to see in order to make a difference has been so great for me. I really, really enjoyed speaking to Marion about these things. In fact, I have a friend who literally was like, the vibe was so right. You would have thought that you have known each other for years. And for that, I have to say, I felt that too. I felt so connected speaking and like being interviewed about all of these important things that I think make a difference in terms of climate change. And just talking about the science and the education aspect. Thank you so much for letting me be on this platform. Also, shout out to all of the guests on the show and shout out to the whole Black Earth team. I mean, this work is incredible. I'm so happy to have been part of it. And I just, you know, I'm a huge fan. I cannot wait to see where we go next in terms of the Black Earth podcast. If you haven't heard my episode yet, you should listen to it. If you haven't heard other episodes, you should listen to them as well. Because, I mean, to be in a space where you have a bunch of Black persons coming in to reclaim their time in nature is incredible stuff. Oh, that was so amazing. Oh, wow. Right? <laughs> I'm so grateful. Uh, thank you, Marjan, for the work that you're doing. Honestly, um, I learned so much. Um, and in that episode, like, Marjan, like, broke down climate change in like such an accessible way and I was just blown away um yeah I'm so I just feel really grateful for the opportunity to um to bear witness to these incredible um people and black women who are just honestly building new worlds they're actually building new worlds it's it's like incredible so um, I'm just so grateful to have had the opportunity to to listen and to affirm her story and her journey. Um, yeah, what did you think, Anesu? Yeah, it was such lovely words. And I think it's so nice to hear, like, the fact that she's talking about, like, the connections that you two had on the, um, when you guys were talking. And I think it just took me back to how our mission is to sort of like healing our relationship with nature one conversation at a time and the power in all these conversations and the connections we're having and the fact that we're able to share these conversations and not even just the conversations but the work that's going on as well um it just makes me so hopeful and so happy and so warm and like you said um there's just black women are doing amazing work and we are creating the future we want to be seeing and Oh, it just makes me so grateful um, for everything that's happening. (laughs) 
I absolutely agree. Uh, yeah, I think black women <laughs> are holding this world up, but that's a biased opinion and I stand by it. <laughs> but no, on a serious note, um, there's something that uh, Leah Thomas, uh, who um, she's a co-founder of a platform called Intersectional Environmentalist, and she said something last year um, that um, black is the blueprint for sustainability. Um, and I think that really holds true when you think about environmental justice, because uh, the environmental justice movement, as we know it uh, in modern modern day history was built on black civil rights movement um in in north america and you know i think through these conversations and speaking to uh people like dr gladys who was working on you know one health when no one even knew what that concept was you know she had to actually build a prototype and show people like this is why we need to think about you know human health and animal health in a different way you know um I think of people like Leah Penniman, uh, you know, who started Soul Fire Farm as a family farm and uh, people like Jennifer Chendu, who's like leading pioneering research on eco-anxiety uh, around the world. Um, people like uh, Esther, you know, who is also leading pioneering research around reparations and uh, connecting that to climate change and planet repairs. I mean, it's just on and on. So, yeah, I think uh, black women have so much to offer in this movement and they already are. Um, and most importantly, I think just through this platform, uh, I just want to affirm um, black women in this work that there is a space for them here and that they belong and that they matter and that they are worthy of being not like innovative, being creative, uh, being playful, having fun, having joy in this work. Um, and I also want them to remember their place in this movement that, um, yes, we have experiences of environmental injustice but fundamentally we have a very rooted relationship and connection with earth that stems from a place of love and kinship with nature and that should always be the beginning space for our work and our contribution in this movement um yeah so i'm just so grateful that we can create a platform that centers and uplifts and affirms um, black women in these spaces uh, and to help them remember their genius as well or to affirm their genius. Maybe they already know it, but they just don't have other people in their immediate spaces affirming that. So um, yeah, I'm just feel really grateful. And for me, one of the highlights of working on this podcast has definitely been to do it with you, Anesu. It's honestly been such a joy and like you've breathed life. <laughs> breathed life into an idea <laughs> and more, you know, it's been, it's been so, so amazing to honestly create uh, this podcast with you and create the platform and build our community 
with you. And I also just really love how like much you have your own unique relationship with nature, like how much fun you have outdoors when you're climbing. Like it's, I've honestly never seen, I've actually don't think I've ever seen. I was <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> but um, I think that just for me is even you having your own like personal way of like connecting and relating with nature is just inspires me more in this work as well. Like in addition to the fact that we get to come together and think about ways to build the podcast, to build our community. I just really like it's been one of the highlights of the season as well. Just being able to do it with you for sure. Oh, thank you so much, Marion. I'm honestly like equally as grateful for working with you. Like I think from concept of this podcast, it was a year or two ago. I remember you mentioning the idea of creating a podcast and how wonderful this journey has been. Um, and I think you just, I love sort of our meetings. We've had chaotic periods. We've had periods in order. And I think we've just been through it all and I'm honestly so proud of not only what we've created, but like the connections we've created in the community that's starting to form. I am looking forward to season two. I'm looking forward to the guests we're going to have there. Um, I'm looking forward to creating, like similar to what you've just said, creating experiences where we can connect with the Black Earth community um, and, yeah, just really have, really centred this work around relationship because that's what it's fundamentally about. It's having relationship with ourselves, with each other and with Earth. So I'm excited about the opportunity to have community experiences. So watch out for this space. <laughs> um, but yeah, season one has wrapped up. This is our closing episode. And please connect with us on social media. We're on Instagram, LinkedIn and TikTok at Black Earth Podcast. And we'll definitely keep the conversation going uh, in between seasons. And I think season two we'll drop something in summer. So I don't want to give a month. So you have to connect with us to find out when it's dropping uh, <laughs> or subscribe on our platform because you'll definitely get a notification. But um, yeah, so just looking forward to um, seeing you in the next um, season. And in the meantime, just continue to uh, make time to repair, restore um, and reconnect with um, Earth. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye.